The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. This morning, uh, we are going to move into a word from 1 Peter, from 1 Peter chapter 3. We're right there on page 9 in your bulletins. And if you're listening in on Zoom, open up your Bibles to um, 1 Peter chapter 3. That's where we are. We've been, in the Easter season, we've been going just a little bit of the time through the book of, of 1 Peter. And now we have arrived at 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'm going to remind you of something, and I've said this here before, that I am, in a sense, um, I just deliver the mail. I don't write the mail. <laughs> and that's a good way of putting it, uh, as this is, an, this is an epistle. This is a letter. I'm just a mail carrier. So I'm, a, I'm a unafraid to bring to you a word that, that the world just doesn't want to hear about. Just doesn't want to hear about it. I am, we are going to focus on, um, really, verse 4 this morning. And, and I'll read that for you in just a second. Last week we really talked about a lot about submission. And this is, this is a big theme. It's a huge theme throughout um, this part of the book of Peter. So citizens are, are submitting, employees are submitting, wives are submitting. Later we're going to hear um, that young people are submitting to older people. So we're going to um, touch on that theme, but we're not going to go as deep as we did last week. Let me read this to you. This is... We're going to just pick out a, a hidden um, gem, really. I think gem is the right word, and you'll see why in just a second. This is First Peter chapter 3, and here's what Peter writes. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external. I'm reading the wrong translation, am I? I'm going to switch to the NIV. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. This is God's word. This is an opinion thing, but I wonder if gentleness is dead. In our world, I mean, like, I, I really wonder. I, I wonder if gentleness is a thing of the past. Kindness isn't. Like, kindness is a thing. People talk about it in the public schools. They, 
They, instead of bullying, they'll tell you to be kind. But not gentle. Gentle is, is a thing of the past. You know, it, it used to be that, that it, was, it was a thing to be. Like we'd have these big signs that would hang on bathrooms and they'd say, gentle men. Now nobody wants to be a gentleman anymore. And nobody wants to be, for that matter, a gentle woman. In fact, I wonder, I wonder if, if you said to a woman or a man, you say, wow, that man is sure gentle, if it would sound a little bit like an insult. Because what gentle has come to mean today is, well, I looked it up, a mild disposition. In other words, you have like this, it's come to mean that you have this blind disposition, this, this kind of temperament where you just sort of, like you're a surfer, dude, like you just don't really care one way or the other. That's what it means to be gentle, but that's not what the Bible means, see. And I want to remind you this morning that gentleness is a big biblical deal. Do you see the Christian virtue here that, that empowers women to live out their submission in marriage? It's gentleness. And by the way, I think we could also say this, that the Christian virtue that empowers Christian men to be respectful and honor their wives is the same. Gentleness, it's sitting right in the heart of our verse. Let me read it to you again. Your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold, jewelry, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty. And here it is. Of a gentle spirit. And it's not just women called to be gentle either. It's men too. You remember when Jesus said this? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then what did he say next? For I am gentle. So if we want to be Christ-like, and I know we do, then we will be gentle. The Apostle Paul said, let your gentleness be evident to all. He actually gave us a list of, of all the things that the Holy Spirit puts in our lives. He called them fruits. And you know what one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is? Gentleness, kindness, self-control, and... Boy, I already said it. Gentleness. Gentleness. Gentleness is really at the heart of the Christian life. Now, I, I want to help you understand what this means then. Gentleness is not what the world says it is. It's not, it's not a mild or, or some, some sort of strange and not caring attitude about everything in your life. Gentleness is power that is disciplined and loving. I think that's the best way to describe it. Let's try that on for, for size. Like gentleness is power that is disciplined and loving. 
Let me, give you a, let me give you an illustration, a negative one, about what gentleness isn't. Have you ever read the class, classic novella of Men and Mice? Of Mice and Men, I said it backwards. John Steinbeck. In the book, there's this character named Lenny. He's a hulk of a man, a very, a very strong man, but he's also a very stupid man. And he had this pet mouse. You remember this in the book? And he was so not gentle and so strong that he killed the mouse. And then, and then he had he had this this puppy, and his friend let him have the puppy, and he said, "Be gentle with the puppy." And then he did the same thing to the puppy, and his life went like that because he wasn't gentle. He was strong, but he didn't discipline his power and his strength lovingly. It was the opposite of gentleness. Here's another positive example of gentleness. A mom holding her baby. You realize that, that, that mothers, they, we call them mama bears, right? <laughs> and they can rise up. They are powerful and strong, but when they have their baby in their arms, they discipline, they lovingly discipline their strength, and it turns into gentleness. So here's the thing, gentleness, gentleness does not begin with weakness, see? A lot of people think it does, it it begins with weakness. Actually, it's the opposite. Gentleness begins with strength. Be gentle. That's what Peter says. He says, be gentle. That's going to look different for for husbands and wives, for employees and employees employers and all the different vocations that we have in our lives, but every single one of us is called to be gentle. And your gentleness is going to begin by recognizing your power. See? Because who is it, Jesus said in the Gospel lesson, who is it that lives in your hearts? The Holy Spirit. By the blood of Jesus, God who is it that is for you and not against you? God himself, recognize your power. Christian wives, recognize that you can. You can run over your husband. You really can. You're that powerful. Recognize that. Christian husbands, recognize the fact that that you can also run over your wife. You're that powerful. You really can. In every area of our life, we, are, we, could, we can become Lenny's, right? To the people around us. But the, the Apostle Peter is saying no. Be gentle. Recognize the strength that God has given you, but, but gentle it like, like a horse that has been gentled and use it, discipline it for God's loving purposes. This is, this is how we want to understand gentleness. Now the Apostle Peter goes on and he says this. There's one thing. He sees one primary thing that can become an obstacle to gentleness. You know what it is? This is, this is a stunning comment by the Apostle Peter. He says this. Look at the end of verse 6. He says, You are his daughters, you are her daughters, excuse me, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. 
So that's, that's going to be the obstacle to gentleness, at least one of them. He, he, he's saying some of the Christian women are going to hear this, like, I'm supposed to yield to my husband, I'm supposed to submit to him, I'm supposed to be, have this gentle and quiet spirit. And in Peter's day, they're going to look at that and say, but he could abuse me. But, but, but he could use me. Like, I'm, I'm going to give up my, my control. Like, and, and so what happens is fear runs in. Or it could mean that they feared what other people were going to say. I mean, Peter doesn't tell us what kind of fear he's talking about, but he's saying one of the things that could stop us from being gentle is fear. And that makes sense. Maybe you've heard this old aphorism. Have you heard it before? Hurt people hurt people. Have you heard that before? Hurt people hurt people. So if you're hurt, you just might hurt the person who hurt you or another person sitting next to you. Hurt people hurt people. And that applies here. Because you know what hurt people are? They're afraid. They're afraid it could happen again. And so we become as human beings like that corner dog. You know what I'm talking about? That corner dog, that vicious dog. And you're like, you're not coming at me. And you see then how fear becomes an obstacle to the gentle touch. Because we're more likely to lash out. Peter says, don't give in to fear. And you want to know why you're not going to give in to fear? You know what God always says to fearful people? The gospel. That's what he always brought to the, to the, to the prophets. He, the, the prophets would say, would be standing there trembling, like, I'm supposed to bring a word about this? And God would always say, do not fear, for I am with you. God is with you. He knows just how many hairs are on your head. He knows when a sparrow drops to the ground. He knows that. He, he, knows, he, he knows how to raise up the beauty of the lilies and how much more does He know you? He gave His only Son for you. He redeemed you. Do not be afraid. And when you're not afraid, you're no longer the cornered dog, see? You have been empowered to be gentle. So set aside your fears. And when God raises up in us that gentleness, it becomes, this is, what, this is so interesting, it becomes utterly attractive. Utterly beautiful, he says, like winning to the nth degree. And he actually says something that I think, I think that is unprecedented in Scripture. He says it this way, and he puts it in a relationship of husbands and wives. He says, they may be won over. This is how winning gentleness is. They may be won over without words. Now you got to know this about you got to know this about Peter. Peter understands the power of the word of God. It, it was Peter, it was Peter who said that we have been born, reborn through through the imperishable and living word of God. He's not set aside, setting aside the word of God, but what he is doing is he's holding up 
the beauty and power, the winningness of the gentle life. And he says it's so powerful that many times it's better than preaching. That's a stunning thing to say. And and in fact, I think it's worth our time thinking about that, that, that there may be relationships that there may be relationships like between a, an unbelieving husband and, and a believing wife where it is better to not get preachy and instead be the best kind of wife that there is. Or be the best kind of husband that there is. Or be the best kind of mom that there is or the best kind of dad that there is or the best kind of friend that there is because maybe these relationships, they don't need more words, but they need love and gentleness and power that is disciplined through love. That's what Peter's saying. Now, I didn't didn't plan it this way. I I really didn't. didn't. I didn't plan to take... The, the, the beauty of a, of a gentle spirit on Mother's Day. But I think it fits. We just happen to get here. Isn't it beautiful that on Mother's Day we, we get to think about Christian mothers like Sarah? It's kind of a Mother's Day thing, right? Sarah, she didn't give in to fear says she she lived with that that gentle spirit and without words she was winning and think about all the christian moms that we have here today i i know they don't want me to say this but it's true all the same that their lives have lasting impacts eternal impacts on their children because of their gentleness. Because of the way that, that they love, the way that they live out their life. And without words, it's a, it's a winning life, even if they can't see it. I want to encourage you today. If we're going to learn something from our moms, let's learn gentleness. Raise it up again. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Amen.